This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you need anything out of Kenny, you know now. All you can do is <laughs> tie his head to his stretches. <laughs> if you can make Kenny do calisthenics, then you'll get all the information that you need all together. Yeah. So, terrified of yoga. With my grandmother's milk, I always know to check. Oh. And make sure, because they'll have lumps in that shit and still be trying to use it. Oh, no. It's good to cook with. No, it's not. No. <laughs> no. Spoiled milk is never okay to cook with. I eat no fucking goddamn cabbage. I don't care how bad. I'm going to die. You're going to die if you eat any red meat, though. You can't have any. Then I'm going styles. out. I'm going straight to a steakhouse and doing myself in. Sorry about my shit intro. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks. A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar. A.K.A. Danger Zone. A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller. And A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. So growing up, all you want to do is be older. When you're a little kid, all you want to do is be a big kid. When you're a big kid, all you want to do is be in the double digits. As soon as you're in the double digits, you want to be a teenager. Then you want to be 18 years old. Then you want to be 21 years old. And it all started back in elementary school. Now, we all know how it goes. You spend years getting to the top of the mountain in elementary school. You started out as a helpless five or six-year-old kid in kindergarten, and in what feels like the most excruciating years of your life, you have to wait to get to fifth grade, but for that entire year, you're a man amongst boys. You're a woman amongst girls. You're standing on top of the hill. No longer does somebody have to accompany you to the bathroom. You don't have a nap time. Suddenly, you're running shit. You're basically like Walter White in your school, taking over this entire place. And for that nine months of fifth grade, you convince yourself you're a top dog, and then you graduate. And you ride that wave of fifth grade emotion all the way through the summer thinking you're not at the bottom of the hill anymore. You've arrived. And then you get to the first day of middle school and you realize everything has changed. In what seems like some sort of cruel trick, you have to start from the bottom all over again with all the eighth graders looking down on you like you're that little kid who needs to be walked to the bathroom. You might even take a nap that day because those eighth graders think you're just a baby. You're a nobody and you're right back at the bottom of that food chain that you hate so much. Now, for me, I changed schools when I was in eighth grade, and I rode the bus with this loudmouth kid from my neighborhood that we'll call Chris. Chris was this guy that we'd yell from the front of the bus to the back of it. He was always in trouble for running his mouth when he shouldn't have been, and was just basically a loudmouth. He wasn't a bad guy, but Chris was really loud at all times. And because I transferred schools, I was still getting to know everybody on the bus, but you couldn't ignore Chris. He was everywhere. Well, one morning I'm doing my best to keep to myself when I hear Chris talking about how there's a group of six kids that want to jump this other sixth grader for whatever middle school reason kids pick to jump another kid, and Chris goes into action mode. Hey, hey, Brian, Chuck, Preston, we're going to walk this sixth grader to his pod today. You guys cool? And he's yelling instructions out of earshot of the bus driver and telling everybody, don't worry about it, it's cool. We're not even going to really fight. We're just going to show these sixth grade kids how we do it in eighth grade, if you know what I mean. And then as I'm looking forward and pretending not to even hear Chris barking commands at the other kids, he looks over at me and says, hey, new kid, you're coming with us too. Now I'm looking forward, not saying anything, hoping there was some other new kid behind me, but there wasn't. He looked at me again, dead in my eyes and said, you in the jean jacket, I know you hear me. Now, there's no way he's not talking to me. 
I was super proud of this acid wash jean jacket that was so popular at my old school, but nobody in my new school was really wearing. So mine was kind of unique. And I did the whole looking around, pointing at myself thing, going, me, you talking to me? And Chris looks at me really pointedly and just says, yeah, big boy, you're big as hell. And if a fight breaks out, we're going to need as many people as we can get. And you need to be there. Now, as soon as he says this, I got two schools of thought. On one hand, I'm being recruited to do something with the new kids at my new school. People I don't even really know. People I'm still trying to get to know. I've only been here for a couple of months. But on the other hand, mom and dad have a low tolerance for bullshit. And if something goes wrong, chances are I'm going to get in trouble. And all the joy about hanging out and being accepted by the new kids at my school is going to get wiped away by the ass whooping I'm going to get. But in eighth grade, you're invincible. So I say, you know what? I'm in So the bus pulls up to the school, the doors open, and me and this motley crew of boys from the 8th grade, Chris, Brian, Chuck, Preston, and of course, Jean Jacket, myself, make our way off the bus and we go to the 6th grade pods. Now, in our school, they kept us pretty segregated by age, and it was a huge no-no to be in the 6th grade area as an 8th grader. They specifically said, you are not allowed to be here, but we march up all big and proud, ready to make this show a force like this was the Beat It video by Michael Jackson. And we almost get into the sixth grade pods. Our little sixth grade buddy is leading this little band of eighth grade thugs into the sixth grade pods when we see Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson was the principal of our little elementary school. And apparently Chris yelling across the bus, which wasn't out of earshot of the bus driver, gave her a little bit of concern about this pack of barely teenagers hopped up on adrenaline puberty going to the sixth grade pods to basically beat up on some sixth graders. And she had some concern. So Mr. Jackson walks up and gives us his best hands on his hips look and goes, um, what are you gentlemen doing here? Mr. Jackson's this small guy with like the cul-de-sac of hair and it's curly on the outsides, but he's looking directly at Chris asking, what are you gentlemen doing here? Um, we were just walking little buddy here. He neglected to learn our sixth grade friend's name to his class because he was worried about a fight breaking out. And there were some kids that were going to, that were going to attack him. And we just wanted to make sure that we were there just in case he needed any help. Chris is no longer brash and loud. He's not yelling across anything. He's not trying to get people riled up. Now he's almost apologetic. And Mr. Jackson looks over and says, there'll be no need for that. All of you know you're not supposed to be in this part of the building. And he looks down at our sixth grade friends and goes, Michael, you need to get the homeroom and the rest of you need to come with me. So we have to walk now from the sixth grade pods all the way back to the administrative offices. And I'm thinking in my head, all I wanted to do was be accepted. I'm in eighth grade. I'm invincible. I'm the top dog in this middle school. And now all these thoughts are running through my head. Am I going to be expelled? Am I going to be put in in school suspension for days on end? Am I going to get kicked out of school for a few days and out of school suspension? Will I be paddled? I mean, this is back when corporal punishment was a thing. And as Mr. Jackson starts speaking to all of us, as we get to his office, he starts pulling out these discipline sheets, these sheets that say that you are in trouble. And he hands me a yellow copy of the triplet paper. And I find out that I am getting ISS. But what I didn't know was that I had to get this paper signed. Dun, dun, dun. By my mom or my dad. My heart sinks as I realize that just because I wanted to fit in, now I'm going to have to face the Dennis and Darlene firing squad. I'm going to have to face my parents and say all I wanted to do is fit in and be a part of these kids at my school and try to protect this little kid that I don't even know from getting in a fight. I'd love to say that I never tried to fit in again. I'd love to say that this changed my mind forever and I never tried to be something I wasn't. I never tried to be the protector of these kids who are weak, but that would be a lie. What I will say is I never, ever went back to the sixth grade pods again. And I will tell you that I did get my ass whooped for being in a place that I wasn't supposed to be. And I learned a valuable lesson. Just because you're trying to fit in does not give you the chance or the right to be somewhere you're not supposed to be. 
Hey guys, welcome back to a show where we always wonder why nobody pointed out the pure savagery of the fact that Gargamel just wanted to eat the Smurfs, or as we like to call it, now that I'm older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online, go to nowthatimolder.com, or also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And if you give to us, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter and Family. Potter and Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of absolutely nothing. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Potter and Family, you're going to find our show as well as the two-man booth, the Firestarters podcast, and that's Offensive Podcast. And this week, we discussed the worst possible allergy for Kenny in the world, which would be not being able to eat red meat. Then we discuss some of the crazy crap Kenny's grandmother does in the kitchen and discuss some of the grossest stuff we ever ate as kids when our parents cooked. So check it out. We'll be right back. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Three, two, one. Kenny, I want you to tell me what the worst thing possible that could happen to you would be. Getting my balls caught in a, in a dis- garbage disposal. First off, why would your balls be uh, You didn't say it had to be realistic. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Let's unpack that. Why would know. your balls be in the sink I in the don't first know. Place? You said it was the worst thing that could happen to you, and I just thought, well, so, garbage disposals are f- horrifying. Uh, <laughs> since they're terrifying, what would be the worst thing that could happen with a garbage disposal? Boom, balls. So my balls getting caught in a garbage disposal. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. So you st- you would find yourself standing over the garbage disposal. What if you, you were like- trying to interrogate a guy and you like tied his knees to his head and you had his balls dangling and had two guys like holding over a sink and you hear that goddamn thing get switched on? <laughs> oh my God, I would tell anything. I would tell them like, where to find you to kill you. I'd be like, this is where Shane lives. It's off Teague. <laughs> it's, it would kind of remind me of the scene where... Um, it's an East Chunk, Cobb. He talks about it all the time. Where Chunk has uh, got his hand over the blender and they're like, hit puree. <laughs> and they're about to st- stuff his hand in uh, the Goonies and the fucking Imagine how much worse it would be if they had your balls dangling. Um, first off, my, I don't know what's going on with your balls. Mine don't hang low enough. In the summertime, like they happen. do. Don't lie. Everybody's balls hang low in the summertime. They do, but not low enough to be able to it, like if, drop it. If into we were sink. flexible enough, either one of us, to put our knee, head to our knees, which we aren't. <laughs> True. Where would our balls be then? We don't know because we're too big to do. Because we have no idea. But if some mobsters tied us with yanked on the yoke <laughs> enough, first of all, I'd already be telling on you. <laughs> As soon as I started making me stretch more than I could stretch. So ladies, ah, ah, this isn't a Van Damme movie. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you need anything out of Kenny, you know now. All you can do is tie his head make me to do his stretches. <laughs> if he can make Kenny do calisthenics, then you'll get all the information that you need all together. Yeah. So, terrified of yoga. So, I was thinking something along the lines of somebody comes to you tomorrow and says, if you eat red meat, you will die. That's so much more complex and less effective than having your balls put in a garbage disposal. But I want you to think about for a second, the next time you went to the freezer and opened it. And for realized, me, not being able to eat meat would almost be a death sentence. I was about to say, because so they, the doctor looks at you and says, you have to eat lettuce. 
you have to eat garbanzo beans. You have to eat broccoli. You have to eat green beans. You have to eat green shit for the rest of your life. You can no longer eat red meat whatsoever, sir. First of all, <coughs> pardon me. First of all, garbanzo beans are great. Don't talk shit about the beans. I'm not talking about garbanzo, garbanzo beans. I love them myself personally, but for you. All that other shit you talked about. Ugh. Well, I mean. I eat no fucking goddamn cabbage. I don't care how bad. I'm going to die. You're gonna die if you eat any red meat, though. You can't have any. Man, I'm pork going chops. out. I'm going straight to a steakhouse and doing myself in. So I'm you're gonna go out happy. You're just gonna go ahead and do it anyway. You don't care, yeah, if you die or not. I'm so, going out with a blaze of glory. I'm gonna go get that five pound steak and get my money for free. I don't think you're gonna go out with a blaze of glory. I think you're gonna go out coughing, probably um, uh, salivating. No, like, you, I've seen be, an like, episode. Of, I remember the episode of uh, of uh, How I Met Your Mother. When Robbins just said "fuck it" and ate a bunch of lobster, <laughs> no, she was allergic to it. No, you're thinking of Archer when uh, Pam has the uh, when she eats all the. No, it was lobster. not a cartoon. They may have happened to Archer too, but one of the characters, I'm pretty sure it was Robin, ate like either lobster or shrimp, something she wasn't supposed to have, but it's great. And she said, "Fuck it, I'll get the fucking shot later." And they came in, and she was all swollen. <laughs> So you're saying that you would go ahead and just deal with the fact that you'd go into anaphylactic shock if you ate I any might as meat well whatsoever. Just end it because I'm not living without meat. So maybe they could pump some kind of chemical through my body. Well, there's <laughs> and a turn into like venom. There's a no. <sighs> you're not all hanging out, looking like a snake. You're <sighs> not getting a symbiote, dude. All that's going to happen to make this happen is if you go to Maryland and get by what's called the Lone Star Tick. Why the fuck is the Lone Star Tick in Maryland and not Texas? That's just fucking stupid. Well, I don't know. First off, I don't know if the Lone Star Tick used to be in Texas. And he was like, you know what? I'm taking this show on the road. That's I'm going to grab that's, a bus. That's what he mutated. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to grab a bus. I'm going to Maryland. Yeah, I'm and surprised when- vegans haven't tried to weaponize this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the next Marvel movie where the fucking characters are riding Lone Star Ticks into battle and shit. Um, Captain America, we need you. Why is it Ultron? Thanos? No, it's vegans. <laughs> We're bringing the Lone Star Tick Getting with us. my shield. So this chick, uh, Laura Sterling, a realtor who lives in Severna Park, Maryland, was diagnosed with the allergy last year. She got a tick bite while walking her dog, Gunner, near her home. She said she finds the tick three or four inches off the left of her hip bone. And at the time, she says she didn't think much about it. She just hip bones connected to the Lone Star. God damn it, dude. So she doesn't think much about the tick. She just throws it away. But a couple of weeks later, she's eating a uh, pork sausage for dinner, and she gets this horrible allergic reaction. It began about six hours after the meal. So first off, you could be laying in your Why bed. Why did you say red meat earlier? Because red meat, pork is not a red meat. I, dude, I read what the article said, okay? I'm just saying pork. If it's a pork sausage, she shouldn't have had a problem. I think I found a crack in the story. Maybe you found a crack in the story. What if you couldn't eat any meat whatsoever? What I would just fucking just definitely, meat? definitely go out with a. I'd eat a fucking barbecue platter. But you wouldn't know. <laughs> That's the thing. Is like you could be laying in your bed, like, oh man, this is such a good dinner. You're earlier. probably right. I probably wouldn't know, and I probably wouldn't last very long. And you'd go to the fucking hospital. <laughs> the amount of meat that I eat compared to a normal person, this wouldn't take very long to show up. So you would be in the car driving to the driving to the hospital, I mean, going, "I'm I'm going to die. I don't understand what's happening." And as soon as they in told the last you, like the last weekend when I started my uh, I started trying to cut out carbs, I had like seven pounds of meat in three days. Seven pounds of meat in three days. Yeah. What the fuck? I, I don't get how you could possibly. Well, eat I had a pork tenderloin, pounds. and I just cut it as I went and ate the whole thing. 
And then you I ate had a, a whole pork tenderloin by yourself. That was one day. And then I had uh, a London broil that I cooked in some really good uh, uh, Asian teriyaki sauce. Hold on one second. Let me let me interject a quick story here. There was one time when Kenny was living with me. We'd been together like him and live. Me and Nikki had been together about God, I want to say about four years at the time. And um, she comes to me one night. She says, "I think Kenny's cooking for all of us." And I was like, <laughs> I was like, really? Hold usually, on, hold on. Don't, usually, don't. I eat on my own. I don't usually eat with them. Right, but she comes to me and she says, "I think Kenny's cooking for everybody." I was like, "Really? Why do you think that?" She's like, "Well, he put this big ass slam of meat <laughs> in the oven, and he was checking on." And I, I, uh, I walked in there and he goes, "Yeah, this is about to be really good." She was like, "I think he's cooking for everybody. I think this is going to be like something we're all going to share and stuff like that." So we hang out for a second back in our room. About 20 minutes later, we're thinking we're going to come out and like Kenny's going to have like some mashed potatoes and some asparagus or some shit like ready to go for everybody. And we walk out and Kenny's sitting at the dining room table with a fork and a knife. And it looks like one of those cartoons where Fred Flintstone was like eating the big ass brontosaurus steak and shit. That's what it looked like because he had the fork and the knife and he's about. I don't know, two thirds through what looked like about a 22 <laughs> it don't pound take steak. Long. It's a good 12 minute process, but I mean, it's about three pounds of beef in 12 minutes. <laughs> he ate an entire London broil by himself. And me and my wife are like, how the fuck did you just consume that? So much I had a London broil that was about three pounds that I roasted for an hour. And then that same day, cause that was lunch. I, I had a pack of chicken tenders. I made, I grilled them, not chicken tenders, uh, tenderloins. And that was two pounds of chicken. And then two pounds of chicken. Yeah, it was good. Of chicken. It was grilled. It was good. Was it as good as the chicken soup that your grandmother made with the old chicken tenders? <laughs> I didn't eat any of that. She did that shit again. We had, uh, she made a roast. It was a big roast top around. It was like good quality roast, which she burned the shit out of because that's how she eats meat. <laughs> She's old white people. They, they turn into, to me, it's almost jerky. So I like it. It's a weird like because it's like I would never make it that way. But it's like, oh, wow, she made beef jerky somehow in the oven. She actually cooks it to that point. There are, but, there are some people in my life that uh, that I've gone to eat at their house, and um, they're just terrible cooks, just just god-awful cooks to a point where, like, when we go – like, when I was a kid, we go over to certain aunts and uncles' houses and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I know what like, you're talking about. We'll be like, we'll just bring our own food. We'll, we'll bring our own chicken. It's fine. So she also – what else did she make? She made uh, some corn and, like, some beans. I come home like two days later and I'm like tired of shit. And I'm like, baby, they cooked. I'm going to go upstairs and be friendly and see if they got any food I can mooch off of. <laughs> so I don't have to cook. So I go upstairs and she's like, I need some beef stew. And I'm like, oh, I, when I make beef stew, I buy beef stew. I, I, and I cook the beef first. I, I sear it. But it's stew beef. It's made for stew. And the so small pieces. That- right, I use the cookings off of the small pieces to create a roux. And then the roux is added to water to make a beef stew. That's what beef stew make is. Make the stock thick. from it. Yeah. Yes, that's how you do it. My grandmother's version of beef stew is she took all the shit from the from the meal two days before and put it in a crock pot with some vegetable soup. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I've got some uh, hamburger that's about to go bad. I think I'm about to make some hamburger for her or something." It feels like. Um- this is one of those episodes of worst cooks in America, but it, it, but uh, I, my grandmother's that, that white thing about not using seasoning. That's a real reality with her cooking. Cause I'll cook for them on Sundays. Sometimes I'll go make a big meal for everybody. And like her main complaint is it was good, but I like my chicken and my pork tastes like chicken. 
before. And it's not all that salt and pepper and, and seasoning you got on there. I'm like, it's true. White people really don't like seasoning. No, 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 no. It's not true whatsoever. It's not true whatsoever, okay? Because in my kitchen, there's a fucking extensive Oh, man, I use thyme spice. and rosemary. And all, chicken's good with thyme and rosemary. Uh, smoked paprika in my I tend to cabinet. use more of a green style pepper, or a green seasoning on beef, like basil. I like basil on beef. I have a sea salt grinder when I want to use like yeah, good I do too. salt Yeah, I, I like shit. kosher sea salt. It's awesome. And she thinks that's horrible. Okay, so for all the white people listening to the show right now, write in and let us know if you actually use seasoning in your food because here at Now That I'm Older, the very idea of not using salt or pepper or any of the other seasonings is a damn crime. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we keep on talking about some of the weird things Kenny's grandmother does in the kitchen, and then we talk about some of the weirdest food we ever ate as kids. So check it out. We'll be right back. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what this Arkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage because you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode takes a look at video games based on the comic properties and how well they stick to the source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how these games work, or know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com, the Brain Trust Network, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. It's not personal, Sonny. It's strictly business. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? Well, now you're in luck because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon exclusive content with stuff just like this. Why would you have fetuses as toys? In what sort of Russian nightmare cartoon do you have fetuses as toys? Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. I just, I know we're not supposed to get political on Now That I'm Older, but what the fuck is going on? So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. What's up, all you guys out there in podcast land? This is Chris. This is Jason. And I'm the Duchess. And we're the Hashtag No Offense Show, bringing you your weekly dose of crazy Florida headlines. Well, that's not all we talk about. I mean, we talk about stuff like... Yeah, don't forget about me sucking dicks. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's true, I guess. <laughs> Some of them dick pics. Let's just check out this clip from a recent episode. It's... You know, they don't really have any problems at all. Fuck yeah, why would you? Yeah, everybody's getting their balls drained. Not right. getting in trouble. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and the girls are getting paid. They're happy. And nobody's suing anybody for whipping their dick out. She's got she's got fucking health care for for sucking dick, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, do you know how many bitches in America would suck dick for health care? I would suck dick for health care. You've got it by being married. For free health care. <laughs> yeah, but if we can get health care for free, you wouldn't let me suck dick. I pay $550 a month for health care. Is $550 a month worth it to you to suck a gang of dicks for free health care? <laughs> <laughs> How many are a gang? And will they be providing? Yeah, what is a gang of dicks? <laughs> will they be providing sandwiches afterwards? Because if they have sandwiches, then I am in. I'll pay the five fifty and take you to Firehouse. Okay. So if you like what you heard, head on over to htnos.com and you can subscribe on any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on all the socials. Htnos everywhere. 
Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. <laughs> I, I wonder sometimes because there there are certain things that like when I like I said when I was growing up there are certain things that some of my uh, the people that I grew up with and I'm not going to name any specific names because I know some of the people in my family listen so I'm not saying any names. Oh, now you're concerned about people getting upset when they listen. <laughs> well, this is my family. These aren't people that can just block us on now, Facebook. Now that Shane has isolated me from all her other friends, he's I gaslighting. Didn't, me. I didn't do that, sir. You did. You say that, but. There's time. I have no control of the editing process. <laughs> Mr. Oh, this one time I'm not going to be about names. <laughs> but there are times that I wonder how some of the people that I grew up with, some of my uh, cousins, like how they survived their childhood. Because I don't know. Like there, were one, there was one time I will say about my mom's cooking. And mom, if you're listening, I love you. But my mom sat down in front of me, um, a plate full of fried chicken livers. Ooh, no. Not and happening. boiled Brussels sprouts. Not happening. Like she just... And here was the preparation process for the Brussels sprouts. I'm not even good Brussels sprouts, much less bad ones. Cut the stems off, quarter them, throw them in a pan with some water, boil them, pull them out of the water. No salt, nothing. Not a guy, a little bit of butter. And that was it. (laughs) And I was like, this is the nastiest shit I've ever put in my face ever. And it was at that time, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to my teen years. I don't know if I'm going to (laughs) be able to eat this kind of food. Now, my mom can fry chicken like nobody's business. And she can make just about everything really well. But when she had a vegetable she didn't understand, she would just throw it in a pan, boil it, and be like, let's go with that. That's good. We're Here's some that. yams. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything that your parents made that you just you no, my would parents, not eat? My, my grandmother made all kinds of shit I won't eat because she's country and, like, country poor. Like, grew their own shit. Right. And they'll just eat shit that's like, my stomach can't survive what her stomach can. Like they don't always believe they they grew up without refrigeration. Oh, so she's big on leaving shit out for hours at a time. Oh no! And you're like, I can't eat that. Oh, honey. <laughs> and she'll eat it; it'd be fine. But I'll be like, I know that if I eat those pork chops that have been sitting out for eight hours, like I always like I'll pull like somebody to the side, like my aunt or somebody who else who lives in there, and be like, time to go. <laughs> There's because I, mean, I get home at seven o'clock and she cooked at four o'clock. I know it's been sitting on the stove since then. And she'll be like, dinner, I got some dinner if you want. And I'll look at it and I'm like, oh, the fats all turned solid up on the top of the <laughs> No. <laughs> any of that. Um, there was. Uh, the plus side is I'm really good at cooking now because. Well, there was that same sort of thing when I was growing up. My mom and dad would cook shit sometimes, and my dad would cook it and then leave it on the stove. And like you said, country poor would just be like, that's fine. And when they we'll do put it, it in out. the fridge. There's no covers. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no Tupperware. And there's the, no saran wrap. There's no tinfoil. It's just sitting there getting dry as fuck. And then the fat would turn that solid layer <laughs> of fat on the top of whatever you cooked. And then when you heated it up, it was – you you knew as a kid you were just eating that fat. They melted it back down. <laughs> and my, uh, with my grandmother's milk, I always know to check. Oh. And make sure because they'll have lumps in that shit and still be trying to use it. Oh, no. It's good to cook with. No, it's not. No. No. (laughs) Spoiled milk is never okay to cook with. That's never. It's never okay to use spoiled milk in any sort of a recipe whatsoever. That's never okay. That's not. uh, It's not positive for your health. (laughs) The funniest thing that I ever had as a kid happened to me when we were cooking is uh, my dad. She also, she finds mold early on. Just scoops it off. Just that piece. Like, that's not how it works. Oh, if we find pieces of bread that are moldy, we throw the whole thing away. Yeah, the, you all have the to. bread is you nasty. Have to. My um, grandmother thinks you can pull out those couple pieces and the bread's still good. 
<laughs> told my boss that who's a doctor. And he was like, that's so not good. <laughs> Nikki started studying to be a nurse and shit like that. And she, uh, she came home one day and was like, um, there's going to be a big limit on how long we can leave anything on the stove. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, it's like 45 minutes. Yeah. It's not. As soon as it's done I, and it's the, cold. If you should know from working in a restaurant, you have like a window of like 30 minutes before it needs to be put in the refrigerator. Well, when the health department comes in, they don't give a shit about it. You know, you were too busy to put it away. That shit yeah, has to be in done. the fucking fridge. Done. Um, the funniest thing that happened with me when uh, we were younger, my dad was cooking one morning and every Saturday we had the same thing because my mom worked opening at uh, Burger King. So she'd get up and go to work and we'd be on our own with my dad, which is kind of like camping <laughs> kind of like me being in charge of there being another kid that i had to manage there but my dad gets up one day and he's like i'm gonna cook for everybody we're gonna have some breakfast boy and i say okay so he goes to the kitchen and um the first two eggs he pulls out he gets everything set up gets the butter gets the eggs gets the grits going everything like that he cracks the first egg everything's good cracks the second egg and i see him go I'm like, what? Is everything okay? No, no, not okay. Did it have a chicken in it? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> and it didn't have like a little bit of a chicken in it. My dad cracked the egg and there was like a full on chicken. Yeah, it's like a gross like, like chicken fetus. Exactly. And you could tell like it was on its way to being a chicken, but it wasn't like somebody had to go through the terrible like chicken abortion thing that happened. <laughs> nobody went through a chicken abortion. They just accidentally got a live egg. So <laughs> they didn't have it heated. So it died. <laughs> it's just dead. There's no aborted process. You don't know that, sir. You don't know. They if there check was, for that now. You don't know if there they was. Have, like a, they have used lasers. Hold on. What now? They use a laser now to check to make sure there's no chickens in the eggs. <laughs> so nowadays you won't get every that single egg comes down a a, a, a a what do they call it the conveyor belt. Okay, and they're upright, right? I don't know how they get them in there upright. I guess because the bottom of the half is low. Whatever. <laughs> Everyone stops for like, and you just see a flash. Our eyes, it's not like a pointer where you can see the laser, uh-huh. but it's a flash and then it moves on. And if it flashes, what we see as a flash is actually a laser that's strong enough to shine through the egg. And on the other side is a receiver. And it knows what yolk looks like and it knows what chickens look like. And if it's a chicken, like something comes and scoops that one out and it's like, nah, we don't want that one going out. People won't buy eggs for six months. I feel like there's a Marvel movie in there somewhere where that chicken goes on to become like a superhero or some shit. It was the vulture. (laughs) Um, that was one of the weirdest things that I had, um, when I was growing up cooking. Um, that I think my dad was turned off from cooking for roughly around six months after that. Um, but the weirdest thing when it comes to uh, chicken, you, you brought up the laser, like showing what's a live chicken and all that shit. The weirdest thing. Oh, I- and I ate a pound of bacon. A pound of bacon. Yeah, after the chicken dinner. Where the chicken dinner. I mean, I don't think it bacon? was a band. I don't think it was a pound after I cooked it. No, I just made a whole pan of bacon and ate it. How many pieces was that? I don't know. How many pieces were in one of those? It was thick cut too, so it was good. You ate a full pack of thick cut bacon. A pound of it. A full pack. They were, they were out of 20 ounces, or I would have had 20 ounces instead of 16. And you think ass. you think this is going to help you lose weight? They said all the meat you can eat. Now, I can't help it that they didn't know who the fuck they were talking to. It's not my fault. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this episode. My tits do feel firmer, though. If you're listening to this episode and you know anything about diets, you know anything about uh, trans fat, regular fat. I mean, we don't discriminate against fat here. You can be whatever kind of fat you want. I have to get no bun, though, when I order stuff like the So chicken is way better now than hamburgers. Because a hamburger without a bun, that's some bullshit. Well, you can do it in a lettuce wrap. But a chicken. 
I'll slap you in the fucking face. <laughs> you try to tell me. You it. can go ahead and wrap your Disrespect your- it. It's just better to go without than to disrespect a hamburger, sir. Now, but a chicken pe- piece of chicken, though, grilled chicken's grilled chicken. So whether it's on a bun or not, it's still good. Like, you go to Chick-fil-A and get a grilled chicken patty, that's just still good as hell. And now they even have tender, the uh, nuggets and grilled. Because you can't have batter. Batter fucks up your whole system. Oh yeah, that's, that's that's carbs. That's carbs. As soon as it turns, in, as soon as you put the out, put it on there on the outside like, and fry it, it's yeah, carbs. Now be aware, you're gonna go into carb shock or ketosis, whatever they call it. Like, ketosis, and you're gonna your like, mouth that's is like taste Tuesday weird. for me. Happen <laughs> all the time. I'm like, God damn it, gotta go eat some chips. You're uh, but uh, this time I just had to not eat the chips. Do you have the uh, weird taste in your mouth and shit like that from going no. into the ketosis? Because my wife told me she was um she was like I'm I'm uh what you say. I got to make sure that I've got the ketones going on or something like that. I said, the what? She's like, yeah, you have to get the ketones going in your body to make sure. And I don't, I don't know anything about it. So I can the ketones com- are what transition your body to pulling off fat to survive instead of living off the carbs that are going into your body regularly. And as soon as she started talking about the ketones, the first thing I thought was some those people relate it to like the flu. My first thought was those commercials that we used to watch during uh, cartoons where they would talk about the old bands from the forties and the fifties. Like a doo-wop group known as the Ketones. That's the first thing my brain always goes to. But apparently it's some sort of You're like. You're such a fucking nerd. <laughs> I'm not a nerd, dude. That's just the first thing that I thought of okay, when nerd. I thought of the Ketones. But it's one Shame of these- the Ketones. <laughs> it's, exactly what I'm yeah. it's time for Charles and the Ketones. Yeah, Ken, Ken Baldwin and the Bandits. We're going to whip your band's ass. Let's go kick the Ketones' ass. Hey, dude. Let's go kick their ass and take their keyboard. We're looking to do it in. <laughs> You guys want your keyboard back? <laughs> I can't have it. We're um, bandits. <laughs> Dude, we're making great money, great music. It wouldn't be without your keyboard. <laughs> well, we don't just have it. We have a full-size piano. You're not going to take the Oh, we could. We're, we're, ex- we're expert bandits. You're not expert have bandits. have that shit on four different fucking dollies. You're not. Ex- <laughs> you guys Riding it down the side of the road like in a fucking old Beatles movie. Your band wouldn't be actual bandits, sir. Your yes, band would be a yes, whole bunch of musicians. Yes, they would. I'd recruit them from Sinbad. From what? Sinbad. The comedian? No, the actual character Sinbad, who has a band of bandits in a cave with a with a password. I think Idiot. you're gonna have a whole bunch of washed up comedians. They're gonna hanging be pirates, out with you. actually. They were just calling bandits. A whole bunch of washed up comedians that used to hang out with the comedian Sinbad, hanging out with you. I don't know where you're gonna get access to Sinbad the pirate. I don't know what you're even talking about over there. I'm talking real. about real life, and you're 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 just <laughs> ignoring the fact that you Sinbad, don't know the Sinbad could there. be real. There's probably a modern day. He's probably fucking a uh, Somali. <laughs> Sinbad the Somali. Oh, Johnny, I apologize. I forgot you were there. You may go now. That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. All right, I'm going home. <laughs> you're not going home. You're going here. Home. Well, you're going home out of my home. No, I'm not. I'm going to stay here until I'm done. You're done. Seek a great fortune. You three who are nigh in chain, you will find a fortune. No, it would not be the fortune you seek. But first, first you must travel. 
a long and difficult road. A road fraught with peril. Mm -hmm. You shall see things. Wonderful to tell. You shall see a, a cow on the roof of a cotton house. <laughs> and oh, so many startlements. I cannot tell you how long this road shall be, but fear not the obstacles in your path. For fate has vouchsafed your reward. Though the road may wind, yea, your hearts grow weary, still shall ye follow the way, even unto your salvation. 